Welcome to the Any Given Day Podcast, your ultimate destination for all things college football. Join your hosts, Hunter and Zach, as they dive into the thrilling world of college football from the perspective of the fans. From game previews to post-game analysis, they will bring you the latest news, insights, and stories that make this sport so captivating. Join them every Tuesday and Friday as they explore the traditions, pageantry, and unforgettable moments that define college football. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting into the game, get ready for a wild ride with the Any Given Day podcast. Hey guys, welcome into the Any Given Day podcast. I'm Hunter, that's Zach, and we're here. We're back with a, another review over the college football weekend. And I guess the first thing you kind of need to go and get into at this point, it's getting a bit monotonous with it, but a little bit more mission news. Um, Seems like they, we can't escape it. Yeah, yeah. They uh, apparently uh, sources are saying... Or, I say sources, um, rumors are swirling that they're fixing to rescind the contract. They were fixing to offer Harbaugh that would make him the uh, highest paid coach in the Big Ten. Um, and he's trying to go and say, well, I don't necessarily think that's true. Uh, what What's your take on it? <laughs> At this point, it's getting ridiculous. I mean, it's like they're just trying to distract from all this extra stuff is going on and they're just trying to do anything to get those headlines out of the news and get something else in the news. Um, if, if this is serious and it is going to happen, I think there's a good chance that Harbaugh could be gone after this year, depending on how bad it is with what the NCAA finds. But yeah, other than that, I think this is just a throwaway headline to try and get the sign stealing stuff out of the news. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. What what he really needs to do, though, is he needs to shut up because at the end of the day, it's kind of like you said, uh, it's trying to get the other stuff out of the way or or it's trying to go and show the NCAA, hey, look, we're, we're trying to handle this in-house. Please don't go and take our postseason away. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything they can do that's going to save their postseason at this point. I, but. If they get it done in season, if they get it done before – that starts, yeah, but I don't know. Part of me is starting to think they're gonna hold off till after the season to dole out the punishment. And if they do Probably. that and say Michigan does actually win the national championship, and then you just wasted an entire season. And it, especially if you go and decide, well, we're gonna take all these wins away and we're going to vacate that because you did this, then right, then it's just tainted at that point, and then. Yeah, it ruins Even if the they give the national championship to the team that loses to Michigan, then ten, I mean, still it feels like a tainted championship because you didn't beat Michigan on field. And... and and if they were going to do this, then why didn't they just go ahead and ban them during the season? Right. I it is what it is at this point. It's it is what it's it is, yeah. Just just come down with a decision already. Right. I mean, you've got all the information with all the information we have on X. Yeah. The NCAA's got to have that plus a bunch more. I don't know what else they need to see to make a decision. 
I guess they're trying to be thorough and really giving Michigan a chance here before they just throw down the hammer, but like it seems pretty blatantly obvious that everybody knew about it and it happened. So. Yeah. It really does at this point. But, you know, moving on, staying in the Big Ten, but uh, to a different school, uh, Iowa. Um, it's come out that uh, Brian Ferentz, the offense coordinator and the son of the head coach, Kirk Ferentz, will no longer be with the team after this season, which is um, probably godsend for most Iowa fans. Hallelujah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you, you look at the. Uh, you look at the scoring offense under him, and just just going back to 2021, he was the uh, Iowa had the 99th ranked scoring offense, and they decided to give him a pay raise. <laughs> the next year, they dropped all the way down to 123rd, and so far this year, they've been 120th. I mean, there's only 130-something teams. Yeah. It's been terrible. I... I honestly believe, I honestly believe that if you had, um, just, I think I think you were saying this actually earlier, um, somewhere between the fiftieth and the eightieth ranked scoring offense, yeah, they'd be good. You know, if you just had average offense with that smothering defense, they'd be a threat to win the Big Ten each year. Right, but they're not. Yeah. Hopefully, this will be a godsend, and they'll get a halfway decent offensive coordinator in there to actually run an offense instead of giving the coach's son the keys to a Big Ten offense. Yeah, nepotism at its finest. Yep. He, uh, I I don't know who's going to hire him, though. I really don't. <laughs> maybe one of the, uh, maybe one of the FCS schools, maybe. <laughs> Gun. I wouldn't he, hire him. I mean, maybe as a position coach, but that's it. I, I think he's blown blown his shot as a coordinator. Um, it's just definitely. It was bad, man. It was so bad. I do have a question for you. Moving on, I do have a question for you. Um, so I'm going to give you five anon- on, ugh, anonymous players. I'll eventually get the words out right. Um, and I'm going to give you their stat lines and then you're going to give out a Heisman vote who you think should win the Heisman this year before you find out who they are. Okay. Okay. So player a has a 73% completion percentage. He has 2,462 yards, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, and three rushing touchdowns. All quarterbacks, by the way. Forgot to mention okay. that. Okay. Player B has a 64.8% completion completion percentage. 2,109 yards, 18 touchdowns, two interceptions, and six rushing touchdowns. Okay. Player C has a 78.1 completion percentage. 1,799 yards. 18 touchdowns, three interceptions, and three rushing touchdowns. Okay. Player D has a 68.8 completion percentage, 2,945 yards, 24 touchdowns, 
six interceptions, and no rushing touchdowns. And then player E is a 78.3 completion percentage, 2,337 yards, 21 touchdowns, one interception, and three rushing touchdowns. Okay? Okay. So I've given out the stats for the people at home. And do comment who y'all think should win it. And I know you have (laughs) stats already. So yeah, if anybody's wondering why I'm looking over to the right right now, I'm I'm looking at the stats. I don't have the players' names, but I am looking at the stats. Yeah. Um, um who's your vote going to? I mean, obviously, if you're just going by yards, right? Player D's got the most mm-hmm. by quite a large margin with almost three thousand yards and the most touchdowns, but the most interceptions and an awful completion percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, second worst on this list at sixty. No legs either. No mobility. Maybe. And no legs, yeah. <laughs> if you're going overall no if you're going overall like just best all around player, I think it has to be player E. That really mm-hmm. high completion percentage, good amount of yards, really good touchdown to interception ratio, twenty one touchdowns, one interception, and some mm-hmm. legs with three rushing touchdowns. Yep. So I'd have to say player E. But before you tell me who they are, I would like I would like to guess who everybody is. Okay. Go for it. Player A. Now, this may be cheating a little bit because he is my favorite quarterback in college football right now, but that's Carson Beck. Ding. You got it. Player B. Jordan Travis. Ding. You got it. Okay. Player C, really good completion percentage. Second best on the list. Not great yards. Pretty good touchdown interception ratio. Give me a hint. First C. North. 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 Kyle McCord? No. JJ Further North. JJ McCarthy. Ding, you got it. Okay, that's Heisman awful. favorite. That's awful. Yeah, he. I I look at his stats. I'm like, how is he the Heisman favorite compared to player E? And it's not like player E's not in prime time either. I mean, players. I mean, obviously JJ McCarthy, really great completion percentage. I mean, second best on this list. The yards just aren't there. Yeah, and a really good touchdown to interception ratio too. Just the yards. The yards yeah, are not there. Just, but. He also, also to be, runs to, the ball. To be fair, to be fair to him, I cannot believe I'm defending him. I, I still don't think he should be the Heisman favorite. No, I don't think he should. To be but fair, it's not bad. He's probably getting pulled in all these cupcake games that um, Michigan's playing yes. right now. <laughs> Entirely possible. Um, Player D. I mean, it's got to be. Michael Penix Jr., right? With all those yards? Ding. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Surprising he's got the most interceptions on this list, though. I Well, he struggled the past two games. you got to think about that. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Yeah. I think most of his interceptions have been these last two games. At least three of them. If, if you take away three of those, I think he would probably turn into the favorite out of nowhere. 
yeah, the completion percentage is a little low for me. But with the yards, it's hard to complain. I mean, and they, up until the last two weeks, were killing everybody. Oh, yeah. So, and player E, again, cheating a little bit because he is my favorite non-Carson Beck quarterback. Um, that That is Bo Nix. Very bodacious pick of you because it's, it's accurate. has to be. has to be Bo Nix. I love Bo Nix. I hated him while he was at Auburn, but when he <laughs> went to Oregon... I don't know. It's he, he took off that ugly blue and orange <laughs> and got in that green, and it just opened my eyes. Yep. He's a really great quarterback. I don't know. Oh, he, he is. He wasn't at Auburn. I don't know. Well, he had three he, different coordinators in three years. Which is, yeah, not his fault, obviously. But, I mean, that's, that's he's... That's been your development. I mean, hashtag Bo Nix Heisman season, I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm making a t-shirt. Just go and get one of the Oregon Bodacious shirts. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I'm wearing it on the next episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think you actually look at the stats um, between all five of these quarterbacks, and it shouldn't even be a question that Bo Nix should be the favorite to win it. I, I think he should be the odds-on Heisman favorite. Plus, you look at the competition he's actually had to go up against been really good yeah he's been good in all of it he's not the reason oregon lost that game to washington that was that was some mm. and, and dan not, lanning dan lanning got a bit reckless not just a bit don't defend him it I, was egregiously reckless yes but no so it was egregiously <laughs> reckless all right he's lucky He's lucky he had a good game this week against Utah, or else he was gonna get a call. We we will we will get into that game in a bit, but uh, speaking mm-hmm. of that, I guess we do have to go and start getting into the uh, games this week. Uh, game, I think the first game we want to cover is um, NC State upsetting Clemson. Um, is it really an upset though? Yeah, that's why that's why I did the air. Air parentheses, man. It's, it's, it's is it really an upset? I mean, granted, it was a basketball school. <laughs> if you ask Steve yeah. Smith, they're still waiting yeah, on Steve it. Steve Smith, it's a basketball school. And then if you ask Dave Doran, he's going to call you. He's going to kiss word. his ass. Very mean word. Um, <laughs> I, and uh, let's just say it, man. Let's just say it. End of the day, that's what it is. Uh, he and I quote, tell Steve Smith in that studio <laughs> to kiss my ass. <laughs> We're. I mean, that was that was bad. Man. He's not was, wrong. I can't believe he even said it on TV, though. No kidding. I mean, looking at the stats of this game, NC State just did a real good job of taking Will Shipley out of this game, and that is how you beat Clemson: is take Will Shipley out of the game. Yep. He is their most dynamic running back, and if you can take him out of the game, then the most dynamic player. Most, I mean, yes, most dynamic player, definitely. So, I mean, Cade, Cub, Cub, Cade Klubnik, good lord, alliteration. Um, it's had it, <laughs> eh, technically, I'm, it's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, fair um, enough. Awful game. Two interceptions, no touchdowns, two hundred sixty-three yards, thirty-three for fifty. Granted, when you're down to NC State, I guess you have to throw the ball. Yeah, fifty times. 
51 times, technically, there was like a... I think there was a trick play in there or something where they tried to complete a pass. and didn't turn out well. Um, what what really stinks for Clemson, it, they're 4-4. Four and four. I thought their floor... Mm-hmm. I thought their floor at the start of the season was nine and three. They and, not they may not get six this year. They may not get six wins. Uh, they they gotta play Clint they gotta play Notre Dame next week. They're and not yet, winning that game. I, I don't think they are. Um and yet Dabo still seems kind of like I'm not going to say content. I, I don't think the competitor in him is content at all. But he feels no. almost energetic and ready for, like, next year. Like, he can't wait for next season. He's like not it's dreading any better. He's not dreading the end of this season. I, I guess he feels like they'll be – that this is something they have to work through this year and it will make them better next year somehow. That's the only thing I can guess. Um, I just I, – I don't know on it. I mean, if you asked me, if you could pit. Any head coach in, in college football who should be on the hot seat right now, who would it be? And Dabo's on my short list. He's probably it, not the hottest seat right now, but he should no, be on I, the hot seat. He's not. He's <clears throat> never going to be unless Clemson magically goes 0-12. I think he's, like, fourth for me. Yeah. I, I, yeah I he's, think... not, he's not first, second, no, but he, he's that third, fourth, fifth range. He's in my top five, definitely, on who should be on the hot seat. He's I, not. I, I think Lincoln Riley's number one for me, if we're going that. Yes. Just because he, he refuses to get rid of the main problem. <sighs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> it, we will. We will. We will. I, like, I'm, I'm going to... You're right. We'll get into that later because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to crack one open when when we talk about me, that one. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Clemson season is just a it's an utter failure by Clemson yeah. standards. Yeah, it really is. Um, but speaking about their next opponent, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, we we don't really have stats for this one. It it was it was a sh- it was a shellacking. Um, it's a big gap. word. Pitt got, they got, they got whooped, they got shelled. Um, yeah, fifty-eight to seven. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was rough. <laughs> yeah, which I know we were talking before before we started recording, but you know, mm-hmm. oddly enough, Sam Hartman no touchdowns and two interceptions in this game, and they still won fifty-eight to seven. It was, it was so weird, man. I was looking at the stats, I was like. Oh, there's a there's a return for a touchdown. There there's there's this rushing touchdown. There's this one, and Hartman who who started off the year like so hot, right? Yeah, it's like the Heisman contender. He has slowly like, moved out of that. I don't think he's not even top ten anymore for me. No, no. We we saw like I know I saw on threes top ten Heisman contenders. In, in their little ranking thing they got uh, earlier mm-hmm. today, and they had Marvin Harrison Jr. at second. I don't know how to feel about that. On what planet? I, he's, I mean, he's a generational wide receiver, but... He's the best wide receiver in, in the nation this year, but he's not putting up... Well, not just... In, in, not this year, I should say. Talent-wise, he's the best overall wide receiver in the nation. He's not he's having not a high season, though. Oh. I mean, 
look at his stats now compared to what Devontae Smith did whenever he won it, and they're nowhere close. No, no, and and, and that's just it. You know, uh, one one guy they did have on that ranking though, low key that uh, I thought was actually a pretty sneaky dark horse candidate was Ollie Gordon the second from Oklahoma State, running back. Huh. He had 270 something yards, right? Holy crap. On like 25 carries this past weekend. It was insane, man. You got to be careful with that, though. Ray Davis had 208 yards against Florida, and look where that went. Well, to be fair, Florida's defense was just terrible. We'll get into Once again, we'll get, we'll get into that later. later. You, know, you know who should be in the Heisman conversation? Who? Dejan Edwards. I, I can see it. If, if, Elite. if Georgia ran the ball a bit more like they used to, I could definitely see it. I it's don't, not going to happen. He's not going to put up stats for it, but he's elite. Yeah, he, he really is a great running back, but Georgia does the whole running back by committee now, so you're not going to have. No, yeah. but I don't think they'll ever touch like the levels they did when they had Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. Yeah. That, that last year they Marshall were there. Or that, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even talking yeah, about the freshman year. I'm just talking about that year they went to the yeah. national title game. Because yeah. Chubb and Michelle were on a different level that year. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. There were two really great quarter, two two really great running backs in the same year, having put up really good stats. So, mm-hmm. very rare to see that now. Most uh, speaking of Georgia, though. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of, moving on to Georgia Tech versus North Carolina. Now, whenever I, I last checked this game, North <laughs> Carolina was winning, and we were going over the notes before we started this, and I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Georgia Tech beat North Carolina? Nah, North Carolina's falling apart. I mean, Georgia Tech obviously yeah. wins 46-42. This is two weeks in a row. They've lost to two of the worst teams in the ACC. Yep. Granted, Georgia Tech's kind of coming on, on the up right now. but <sighs> Georgia Tech is just that you look at all their stats, and it's so weird, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about the individual player stats. I'm talking about the team, the team stats. Like, you look at how many touchdowns they've scored themselves this year. They've scored 33. You know how many touchdowns they've allowed this year? 33. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, we were talking about this before. Once again, this is one of those things we were talking about beforehand. They, they have scored 254 total points. They've allowed 254 total points. They're averaging out to allowing 31.8 points a game while scoring... 31.8 points a game. They're so incredible. weird. Incredible. It's it's incredible in the best way possible. Yeah. Which I know you were telling me again before we were recording, but Haynes King, right? Georgia Tech has lost every game that he has thrown over 300 yards. Yep. And has won every game that he has thrown under 290. Yep. Which makes no sense. <laughs> at all to me. But he had a really good game. I mean, 23 for 30, 287 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and another 90 yards on the ground on eight carries. Yeah. It really was, good game. I, it's 
Brent Key has them rolling. Um, it, it's 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 so like it's actually kind of. I kind of regret not recording that game just to watch it. Um, I thought I thought North right. Carolina was going to steamroll them in vengeance for mm, last me week too. But no, it was it was. Yeah, I mean, and it's like we were talking about. Georgia Tech did not score a point in the first or third quarter. They scored forty six points in the second and fourth quarter. Yeah, they really like even numbers too because like, all the all the games they've won. Have been even, even numbers. Games. Yeah. So also take into account that game 10, an even number for them, is Clemson. And their 12th and final game obviously happens on hate week. Everyone knows who they play that week. The number take one the team. Points, the, current, guys. the current number one team in the nation. Let me preface that with current. Because things could get switched up tomorrow. Or it will. Depending on see it. watch it. Yeah. Going on Monday, talking about tomorrow night, Tuesday, when the the CFP rankings are finally they revealed. They come out at three thirty, don't they? No, no. They come out at seven, seven, seven thirty, something like that. Goodness gracious! Yeah, I can't stay up that late. I'm old. <sighs> I'm older than you. I know, but I feel older than you, and it's a to shame. To be fair, you do have two kids. Um. <laughs> Takes it takes some years off your life, brother. I'm telling you, I love them though. You're but yeah, in main, I mean, main coverage right now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, Brent Key, he might actually be the answer for Georgia Tech. I mean, he's turned that program around. I mean, they're only four and four this year, but mm-hmm. he has turned that program around, and they are doing very good considering the circumstances. Yeah. So. I mean, could he, be a very he, good year for them. He made them go. They put up a fight against Georgia last year in Athens. Yeah. So, uh, like, part of me is like, okay, well, it's still tech. But another part of me, the 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 fan of me is like, kind of worried. We got to go to tech this year. All of a sudden, yeah. Let's make sure. Hey, they just need to let Haynes King throw over three hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah, just let him. I mean, if Georgia lose the game allows him to do that. I think Kirby Georgia's would... going to allow him to throw like one eighty, and they're still going to find a way to fucking win. I think Kirby would beg to defer on that. If we're being honest, um, I'm sure he would. He he does not want to do that. But uh, Drake May still had a pretty decent game, all things considered. In this game, yeah. uh, you know, back to the game. Uh, seventeen for twenty five, three hundred ten yards. Two touchdowns and then fifty-eight more on the ground with with a rushing touchdown on ten carries. Like he, right. he still put up a good game, um, but right, just Georgia Tech, man, at Tech, and those god awful so yellow jerseys man. they had. I look, I I try to be unbiased. I cannot be unbiased to how ugly those jerseys were. Speaking of jerseys, I got something to talk to you about after the after the last game. Okay. Okay. Some interesting news. I wanted your opinion on it. I saw it today. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. We'll talk about, about it later. We'll talk about it later. Well, I want well, your opinion on it, but we'll talk about it later. I, 
just check game six real just check game six and notes real quick. I got I got I got something for you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, I see it there. I see it now. We yeah. will talk about this at game six. Yes. <laughs> Moving on to game four, Louisville defeats Duke. But before we now, before we get there real quick, I, I do also want to go oh, so, sorry, I, I just I know. No, no, you're good. I, I want to give a shout out real quick to uh Brett Brett Seether, former dog over at Tech now. Uh, he got two touchdowns and the game-winning touchdown. And then also, shout-out to Le- Buster Faulkner, who is the OC over there now, who was a, uh analyst who worked real closely Former with... Georgia legend. Yeah. Who worked real closely with Todd Munkin, learned from him, really helped him and Stetson Bennett on those uh championship years. Yep. So, I they got a good one there. They got a good one. If Brent Key can go yes, recruit do. the right guys, they could be a they could win the ACC in a couple of years. Tech could be on a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll join the the SEC. I we'll see. We'll see. Georgia has to approve that first. <laughs> Georgia has to approve that first. Georgia's the reason they're not in the SEC right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to game four, Louisville versus Duke. Louisville obviously beat Duke. Now you picked Duke yeah. with the caveat that, that Riley Leonard it would be starting. And he did start. Uh, and he did. And I lost. But I'm still one game ahead in the total standing, so first place still. Uh, barely. Barely. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. But yeah, I mean... You know, I, I do wonder what would have happened if Riley Leonard didn't play last week, though, and re-aggravate that, that ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Duke offense just could not do anything. Yeah. It, it, uh, against Louisville. Anemic. <laughs> it was yes, anemic. anemic. Yeah. It was very anemic. Uh, no, nothing you can really do on that. It it sucks. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> I think Elko kind of regrets putting him in last week, but you also, they were in a fight or flight situation there. They had to. Yeah, especially against Florida State. Yeah, yeah. Florida State. You had a shot to win that game at one point with Riley, and then he re-injured the, the leg, and just from there it was nothing you could do. Um, yeah. Sucks, but is what it is. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Jawar Jordan had a really good game, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, 21 carries, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, really, it's just a dominant dominant win by Louisville. Yeah. Uh, There's really good game plan, really good game. Yeah, it, like, they, they dominated the run game. Um, Plummer didn't have to do much, especially when you yeah. have a running back that goes over 150 yards on the ground. Um, right. 160 yards, my bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, you want to talk about dominant wins. I, I don't necessarily consider they had them out, but game, our, our fifth game that we want to talk about, Texas did defeat BYU 35 to 6. Um, I, I wasn't really that impressed with Malik Murphy. He had some throws, but there were some throws where it was like, what do, what do I do here? Like, he had no clue sometimes where he was throwing, it felt like. Um, <laughs> I mean, this may be a hot take, but I feel like if BYU had a competent offense, 
they would have been in this game and possibly could have gotten the upset. Maybe. Just BYU's offense couldn't do anything against Texas. So it was just kind of no matter how bad Malik Murphy played, Texas's defense had his back, luckily. Yeah. Because, I mean, 16 for 25, 170 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I mean, then Jonathan Brooks didn't have a great game either. I mean, he had almost 140, almost 140 yards total. Yep. I mean, between rushing and receiving. So it's not bad. I mean, Xavier Worthy had a punt return for a touchdown. That was about the highlight. This is about the highlight of the offense. So I don't know if if they if they get in some bigger games without Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy's is a starting quarterback, it could be bad. Yeah, um, especially next week because they play K State. Um, Oof, and which takes us to Game Six already on Game Six, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, and we, and we will get to that little Jersey thing here mm-hmm. here in a bit, mm-hmm. uh, where K State. They demolished Houston, forty-one to nothing. It was it was dominance. It was a beatdown in every sense of the word. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I I considering Houston almost beat Texas last week, and then yeah, lays and lays a goose egg against K State, mm-hmm. which does not bode well for Texas. No, no, it does not. I, but I mean, insult on the wound too today because Houston, like, f- first off, K State could very much go. They, now, granted, they have to go to Texas, but they could end up beating uh, Texas, and I would not be surprised. Whereas, right, you know, Houston's already getting salt rubbed in the wound because they got a what basically amounts to a cease and desist. A cease and desist by the. Uh... You, you want to cut? In? Sorry, folks. No, I. Sorry, folks. I got kids. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's all. It's all good. Stuff happens. It's yeah. Stuff. Stuff happens. happens. It's all right. Like we were saying earlier, it's 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 right now. Your 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 wife is in zone coverage because you were out of the picture right now. <laughs> she's she... she's dragging my daughter to the bedroom. Jesus. She wanted to come out here and play with her toys. <laughs> Just tell him to take the toys with her. It is what it, it is. is. Uh, it, it's fine. It, Regardless, back to what you were yeah. saying. So, Houston University got a cease and desist from the NFL saying they are not allowed to wear the Houston Oilers colors anymore. Yeah, this, because is, they, this is what I wanted your opinion on. They had the alternate uh, jersey scheme. I I had seen them earlier before the season started. And I thought they were so cool. I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, just it it the NFL truly is the no fun league. They truly are. It's a shame. I really like those jerseys. Yeah, they were some nice looking jerseys. But I get it. It's you know, if they're not paying the NFL for the rights to them or paying whoever yep. they need to pay for the rights to them. I get it. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It's a nod to – I disagree with that because it's a nod to the city. Uh, Tennessee does not wear those colors. They wore them Sunday for throwbacks, right? Right. But 
they can't just go and say, oh, we own these colors. I think if Houston actually took them, because they're not saying, like, they don't have anything that says Oilers on them. It's just the color scheme. So I think if Houston actually took them to court, Houston could win. Yes, because, I mean, they're, it would be like the Falcons telling Texas Tech to quit wearing red and black because the Falcons were red and black. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're not, I agree. They're not infringing on the logos. They're not using the logo. No, it literally says Houston. It's just, yeah, baby it's powder blue and red. And it's not to the city since they're the only football team in the city now. If Tennessee, if the Tennessee Titans still wore those colors weekly. Did you forget that the Houston Texans exist? I might have. Okay. We are, we are in. Dear Lord. My apologies, Will Anderson. Please don't hurt me. Um... Not just him, but JJ Watt too. I know you're retired, and you retired to Cardinal, but still, please don't hurt me. Um, Regardless, I get it. It's a nod to the city, and yeah. like, why should Tennessee? I I get that the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee and became the Titans, and they have the, it is their heritage, it is their team that used to be the Houston Oilers. But at the same time, the Houston Texans should be allowed to wear them because they're in Houston. Houston Cougars. I'm saying the Houston Texans should be allowed to wear them too. I, I know this isn't an NFL podcast, but they should be allowed to wear them. All right, it's it's Houston. All right, uh, yeah. And the Houston Cougars should also be allowed to wear a not even Houston Oilers jersey. It is literally a Houston jersey that is yeah. powder blue and red. G- Goodell, man, he is. Granted, he's still not the wor- He's still not the worst sports commissioner. That that is reserved for. Uh, Manfred, the clown, but uh, he, he's he's going back up there quick and in a hurry with this kind of stuff. Which, to be fair, yep. he could just be a lawyer that got a little power hungry. Well, yeah. So who knows? Uh, who knows? We will see. Game seven. But I think we. Yep. Just um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh. Oh, yeah. I needed that. Okay. USC versus Cal. Where they survived Cal. By a point. And Cal because had... Cal went for a two-point conversion instead of trying to play for overtime. I think Cal could have... Which I get. I think Cal could have beat them in overtime. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the decision, but I get <laughs> going for it. Going for the win? Because they had already fought to that point, and they wanted, yeah. It's like, let's go for the win, and if we get it, great. If we don't, we play the heck of a game. Their defense sucks. Because Cal has nothing to lose. Their defense sucks. I'm sure we can get this two-point and win it right here. Yeah. I mean, Cal had nothing to lose. No. I mean, they've already lost games this year. If they can take down USC, it's a great year for them. If they don't, they weren't expected to win anyway. So, obviously, it sucks to lose by one point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, uh... (sighs) It's like you said, they had nothing to lose. And, I mean, they'd already had a midfield pro- a protest at midfield that delayed this game. Yeah. <laughs> Which was just 
I, I don't even know what it was about. I don't care to know what it was about. But it was just, it was stupidity at its best. Wow, USC <laughs> State at 24 in the AP poll. Okay. I wanted to check that real quick. USC State at 24. They did not drop yeah. after almost losing to Cal. They, they should they should not. They're not they're not a top twenty five team. Um, no, it's three weeks in a row. Yeah, if we're if we're being honest, especially with who they've got to play over the next few weeks, um, it's bad, man. They got they got Washington, arguably the best offense in the nation, going up against this just anemic defense, terrible, de- terrible defense. Terrible. And then you've got I Oregon, <laughs> who, who Dan Lanning was on that staff for Georgia that schemed up and found a way to stop Lincoln Riley's offense in the 2017 Rose Bowl while they were over at Oklahoma. So he knows yep. how to handle that offense. Plus, he's got a Heisman caliber quarterback. Right? Yes. And then... After those two, you got UCLA, and I'm sorry, I will take UCLA to go and beat USC right now. It, it's it's bad. It is really bad. They they do not I have agree. a defense, and without that, until they fire Grinch and go and get a defensive coordinator, no, just no. Yeah, I mean Caleb Williams didn't have a not a bad game. I mean, awful completion percentage. I mean, twenty three for forty. But 369 yards, two touchdowns, and then 13 carries for – is that a typo? No, that's negative Minus 13, 13 yards. yards. He, that's how – he got sacked multiple times. Like, just – Holy crap. Just – he averaged negative one yard a carry and still had two rushing touchdowns. That's – wow. No offensive line, no defense. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. And they they keep trying to convince us, oh, Lincoln Riley's going to turn this team into the top 25 team. No, no, he's not. Because he refuses to get rid of Alex Grinch. Hold on a second. Yep. And, and, he doesn't recruit that well defensively. And some people say, oh my gosh, he got a number one player on the defensive side of the ball at a Defensive side at a defensive position doesn't mean Jack to I mean, me. Look! Look how many. I mean, just two people off the top of my head on that defense who have basically disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, Corey Foreman. Yep, a top player in the nation out of high school. I haven't heard his name <laughs> at all all year long. And Bear Alexander, obviously a top player at his position from Georgia, transfers to USC, and he's been the best player on their defense. Yeah. But he can't do it by himself. No, he can't. He he really can't. Because everybody's double teaming and triple teaming him because he's about the only guy on that defense that's worth their salt. Because he had a year of development over at Georgia on the defensive line by Trey Scott by Trey Scott, who he, I would say is probably one of the best D line coaches in the nation. Looking at yeah, looking at the amount of three stars from Georgia that have made the NFL. But I digress. Jordan Davis, three star, turned into a first round pick. Um, Devontae Wyatt, three star. Yep, turned into a first round pick. It's you know, yeah, semantics. What do semantics. I know? Anyways, uh, what do I know? Just 
just USC, they're not getting these guys on the defensive side of the ball for USC. It, it's horrendous, and they're not getting any development under Grinch or his portion of the staff. It's it's terrible. I if Lincoln Riley wants to survive, he has to get rid of Grinch. And at this point, I'm pretty sure he's just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go and follow Caleb to the NFL. Do you think Caleb Williams is going to want you there, man? Because if you go on to the NFL and try to go and bring Grinch with you as a DC, no one's going to respect you. And no one's going to respect him. He sucks as a play caller. No, he's not a great recruiter either. Great, Great recruiting quarterbacks. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. And even then, so, I don't know if Julian Lewis would want to go there right now. If they keep playing like I this. Wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But yeah. I mean, speaking of Oregon though, they got they they beat Utah bad. Bad, bad. Um bad. Uh Bonix, you know, just standard Heisman numbers. Well, I say Heisman numbers. He he had under 250 passing yards, but he didn't need that many <laughs> comparatively for this game. No. Um, he had 248 yards on 24 completions of 31 pass attempts. It was – he got two touchdowns. Good and, game. And then he had one more on the ground. It uh, Oregon whooped them. They just – they whooped them. Whooped them. This was the first uh, home loss, I believe, in 29 home games for Utah. Really? Home games. Not games total. No. Home games. Home games. I know. I know I'm, I'm, I'm clarifying for the people listening. That's, I get you. That's around about four, four and a half years, maybe. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's not including. Granted, I, I think it's twenty-seven, not including COVID. I got you. That doesn't really count, though. Yeah. I mean, granted, if Utah has Cam Rising, I think this is a much closer game. Obviously, but still. I... Um, but with with Bryson Barnes at quarterback, obviously, you're limited. Almost a fifty percent completion percentage, one hundred thirty-six yards, two interceptions. Obviously, no offensive touchdowns scored in this game for Utah. Yeah, it was. Um, it. <sighs> It's astounding, right? Right. I, anyone who thinks that USC can go in and beat Oregon, at Oregon, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I was, fixing, I was gonna ask. Yeah, no, it's at Oregon. I, I, I wouldn't even pick them if they were at Memorial Coliseum. No. No, it, it's it's it makes it that much worse being at Oregon. Yeah, that like like we've said that that place only seats about fifty five thousand, but that's still one of the loudest stadiums in the country. Because of the dimensions yes. of it and everything, they it was insane. Uh, just, but they just—I agree. USC is going to get killed over these last three games. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just. Oh, probably, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's going to be bad. I I do have what may be a hot take. I don't know if it is or not, but. Go for it. I, I, yes. USC games can be bad. That's not my hot take, though. Go for it. I think right now you put Oregon and Washington on a neutral field 
Oregon wins that football game. Yes. Yes. So ever since that game, anyone who has actually looked at those games and watched those games, they can tell they are on two completely and utterly different paths. Oregon would Mm -hmm. kill Washington right now on a neutral field. Yeah, Washington seemed to peak very early, and Oregon seems to be peaking late. Yeah. So. I. Washington beat Stanford Saturday by nine points. It wasn't that. It wasn't that much of a difference. That was the last minute touchdown. Uh, they were only up by two at some point, and then Stanford turned the ball over. Washington scored. Yeah. Um, the, Stanford had every chance to win that game. It was it was bad. It's a shame they didn't. But I mean, I guess we're moving on to Washington versus Stanford now. But yeah, yeah. I mean. Penix didn't have a bad game. I mean, awful completion percentage, 21 for 37. But 369 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Well, that's what you're doing. It was not a bad game. Sorry, sorry. It's like, no, you're good. it's like you said, not a bad game, but that's what you're expecting out of him. He's not going to have a high yeah. completion percentage, but he's going. it's going to be lots of big plays when he does connect. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Polk, I think that's how you pronounce that. Jalen? Jalen. I'm going to say Jalen. That's, that's what I'm going with. Jalen. Jalen Polk is what – Jalen? I, I, I say Jalen. Jalen is his name from now on. Okay. All right, listen. I've, I've had enough with these weird names in college football. Name your kids' normal names. Quit throwing apostrophes where they don't need to be freaking apostrophes and names. We'll call him Jalen. Name him Jalen. Regardless, really great game. Five receptions, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. Really great game. Yep. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that next name. Rome Odunzi. Because I'm going to butcher the last. Odunzi. Odunzi. Pretty good game. Six receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. He's their top receiver. A lot of yards. A lot of yards. Lots of yards. And obviously that's why Washington wins a lot of football games. They got a really good offense, not a great defense. But Stanford, average defense. Average defense. Not bad. It's not Florida levels of bad. Yep. But it, it's not great. It's either, not USC Stanford, levels of bad. No, it's not USC levels. Nobody's USC levels of bad. No, not even Florida. Not even Florida. But I mean Ashton Daniels. Yep. Great game. Great game. I mean, 367 yards. I mean, he almost matched Michael Penix in in yards in this game. Obviously not as many touchdowns. Yeah. But, I mean, 18 carries, 81 yards, another two touchdowns on the ground. Much better completion percentage. Yeah. Now, I mean, Elick, Iomaner? Iomaner? Uh, Iomaner? Iomaner. I don't know. Nine receptions, 146 yards, one touchdown. Great game. Tiger. Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer, Bachmeyer yes. Ten receptions, 95 yards. Who's going to name that? I'm going to have to listen. Who's going to name I'm going to have Tiger? to get somebody in my ear. 
to tell me these pronunciations like we're on a, a national broadcast, all right? Because that's why I'm here. I don't look at these names before. That's why I'm here. I'm here. I'm, the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm the voice. I'm the voice in your ear. I'm the voice in your ear telling you how to pronounce it. I, like, I don't look at these names before we do this, and I and I start looking at these stats, and I just, I guess, and I hope I don't butcher somebody's name. Gosh. <sighs> goodness but it's like we we're saying earlier obviously oregon they've been on two completely different paths washington and oregon since that game oregon's been dominant washington has struggled a lot in some close games since that game um yeah so i mean obviously if they want to be a, a playoff contender they're gonna have to figure something out before this pac-12 championship game yeah assuming everything goes the way we think it's gonna go yeah uh speaking of playoffs and contenders uh, Georgia soundly <laughs> defeated four. I know you're happy. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy too. Uh, they defeated Florida, uh, forty-three to twenty. And no, it wasn't as close as that score makes it out to be because two of those were garbage time touchdowns. I mean, Georgia scored twenty-seven unanswered, thirty-six points. Like unanswered was that what it ended up being? Unanswered thirty-six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Florida marches down the field on that first drive, and I'm sitting here thinking, holy crap, mm-hmm. this is not going to be good. And then didn't allow a point until the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. So, I, Props props to Florida for uh, and Billy Napier um, for, for a great first drive script. Um, after that, though, Georgia, they were able to get everything figured out that they needed to get figured out, and they dominated. Um, and the game yeah. felt over, I'd say, about midway through about the second, second quarter. Yeah, second quarter on that fourth and one where, where they tried the direct. That was the weirdest play I have ever seen. Like, just run the ball. Just run it. Like, you take that QB sneak there, and I think you probably, at least you were like fourth and half an inch. To be fair, they piled up. The, the, I don't know if it would have gotten it. If it, was it would have been closer than whatever in the world they tried. I think it was like supposed to be a pass play. I think, but Georgia's defense is just too disciplined for that. So, yeah. like, everybody stuck to their man, and the running back was like, uh, and Georgia's linebacker was in his face. He went, uh-oh. And then there was nowhere to go. Because uh, I I do think it was in a pass play because ATN is left handed. Everybody ran out and he started to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. He's left handed and he had that thing reared back like he was fixing to throw it. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he starts looking downfield and then he looks like, straight and there's a linebacker in his face. He went, uh oh. Yep. Uh, this is the best the Georgia defensive line has looked all year. Yeah, four sacks. Yeah, really just the game. defense in general had four sacks. But, yeah, the defensive line, Tyrion Ingram Doc, Dawkins, who's been out with an injury, he came in, I, he forced a fumble, which was just astounding mm-hmm. <laughs> to watch. I mean, he just, boom, right before Mertz could go and bring it forward, he knocked it right out of his hand, and it was on the ground. Yeah. Tackle saved it. Thank, thankfully for Florida, the tackle saved it. Unfortunately for Florida, they then had to punt, and 
Yeah, it was over from there. That I mean, Carson Beck, uh, 315 yards, two touchdown passes, 19 for 28. He's super efficient. He he really is. He's on pace to break a school record for best completion percentage. Um, yeah, I mean Carson Beck's been really good. Really, really good. Um, Which I was reading something the other day. I don't remember where I read it from, but on some scouts, NFL scouts are actually got him as about the third third quarterback on the board now. Yeah, behind Caleb Williams and Drake May because he's he keeps coming out of this coming to this draft. He keeps winning up the numbers, man. Uh, he's got eight. He, I mean, he's making NFL throws. Yep. Like that, that throw he had to Dylan Bell at the front corner of the end zone. Yeah. It was. It went, that crossing route to Lab McConkey where he was rolling left and threw <laughs> yeah. a sidearm to get it around a defensive lineman and hit Lab McConkey across the middle. I mean, he's making some NFL yeah. throws. Uh, and, and, it's, and not just that. It's incredible. But, um, Brooks Austin. The film guy, he mm-hmm. actually pointed this out. Um, Lad was they were they asked Lad about that touchdown pass he had, that touchdown catch he had, mm-hmm. where he gets a ball where the defender is facing him and not the quarterback. So Beck and McConkey are they're they're making eye contact at this throw, and where Beck placed it basically told. Where and how he placed it basically told Lad which way he needed to go from there. It was that's incredible. Yeah, apparently that's like a that's like a veteran concept in the NFL, and he's kind of he's got that down with some of his wide receivers right now. <laughs> that's incredible. It's it's insane. <laughs> he's better than people think. He's. I'd say he's top process. He's easily the top processor in the SEC. I'd say he might be the top processor in the nation. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! There, just when it comes so to fast, breaking down Bo and Nicks processing exists. plays as they happen. Bo Nix exists. I don't know. I will die on this. I, Bo I think Nicks Bo Nix is okay. the better athlete overall of the two. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Don't don't get me wrong. Now that interception. Beck threw last week, he more than made up for it. Or not last week, two weeks yes. ago. He more than made up for it when he threw that tackle. He was willing to show, hey, hey, let's go. Yeah. Like, uh, that, 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 that dude ain't afraid of nothing. But Carson Beck looked great. Uh, Dejan Edwards, almost 100 yards. Yeah. It just, uh, Kendall Milton had over 50 yards. He had 55 yards on the ground. Um, he's so he's slowly start starting to get more touches and more carries. And if he gets healthy, the combination of him and Dejan, that's just going to be that's going to be stupid. Like I agree, it's going to be really stupid. I, obviously, Lad, you know, Lad honky tonk McConkey honk. Um, oh God. <laughs> It was there. I'm, I'm not sorry for saying right. that. Um, yeah. Six receptions, I mean, 135 yards, a touchdown. I believe they said on the broadcast this was only his second 100-yard game at Georgia. It was the first one he's had since, like, I can believe 2021 that. against, like, Missouri. I can believe that for sure. Uh, but he's 
I think he's like the most underrated receiver in the nation at this point. I mean, with Brock Bowers out, he's showing exactly how important he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's going to be playing on Sundays. I know he's short. I know he's small in stature, but he is going to be playing on Sundays. He's just an, an exceptional route runner. He will burn someone on a route if he's given a chance. I don't know how many times oh, he's taken someone's ankles on a double move. It's stupid. It seems to keep happening. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, and, and, and it's not just him. It's Dominic Lovett, too. You know, he had 83 yards on four catches, and then Oscar Delp did his best freaking uh, Brock Bowers impersonation. Like yeah. with that one-handed grab he had down the sideline on the wheel route, you know, the standard yeah. Bowers route. It, it's, I will stand by this. Talent-wise, I think the most talented single room in any team in the nation is the Georgia tight end room. Between a fully healthy Brock Bowers, Oscar Delp, Lawson Lucky, and at, at last year, you had Darnell Washington in that thing too. So I, last year for sure. This year, I think you can make a few arguments with like Ohio State's wide receiver room. Um, I was fixing to say. I mean, if we're talking about any like not just tight end rooms, any room. Yeah. I think Texas's wide receiver room is pretty good. Ohio State's wide receiver room is pretty good. I forgot about Texas actually. Yeah. I keep forgetting about Texas. Like first Houston, now yeah. Texas as a whole. I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm unworthy. I guess. Yeah. I mean, as, as to not sound as homerish as I am in this game, Graham Mertz did not have a bad. No, game. he did not. He actually had a really good game. He just got sad. The Georgia's defense was getting pressure. Yeah. Even when they weren't getting a sack, they were getting in his face. Yeah. Uh, Austin Barber, one of their O linemen. Was t- talked a bit of smack uh, earlier in the week leading up to this one when he said, hey, they might be 24-0 and over their last 24 games, but they still got to come and play us. And then he just got – I mean – Their their own line I, did I not mean, last well or did not – I – Well, the – I have a – Sorry. I have a, an opinion on this that's – like, I get it. It seems – you know, after the game you read that and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what you get, right? But – you almost have to have that kind of mindset, right? Yep. I don't know if you should. I mean, if you don't have that kind of mindset going into a game, I'll even play it. If you go into the game going, Kyle, we're going to get our, our butts kicked by Georgia, don't even go out there and play the game. You go, You almost have to have that mindset going in and going, well, even though they're 24-0, they still got to come play us. We're, you know, we're good enough to beat them. You have to have that mindset. Regardless of whether you, you know, it's true or not, you almost have to have that mindset. Because then you don't deserve to be out there if you don't. The, if you go in there thinking we're going to get beat, then there's no point in you even playing the game. And that's a fair statement. The only thing I, I will say is you would think, after all these years with Kirby Smart being from the Nick Saban program, you would think with Billy Napier being from the Nick Saban program uh-huh. that he would warn his players, do not say anything disrespectful to Alabama or Georgia. Yeah. Because they will propagandize it. Kirby especially. Should he have said it to a reporter? Absolutely not. Should he have that mindset? Yes. Mindset, yes. Um, He should not have said it in the press room, at the press conference room. Definitely not. All those reporters. Having the mindset is not a bad thing. No, it's not. You should not not voice 
that opinion. When you're fixing to play um, Georgia, no. Wait until after that game. You're playing Missouri, maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe. You're playing South Carolina, Definitely. Vanderbilt. Yeah, you can come and say that. You're playing Georgia, you keep that to yourself. You have that mindset, you keep it to yourself. And, but And one other thing. What was Dan Mullen thinking? Uh, I don't think Dan Mullen thinks. No, he doesn't. He's a clown. I he, think he, picked, he just he picked spews. He picked Florida. He picked Florida to upset Georgia, which I get in 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 a weird way. I get because of how this rivalry game plays out so often. I don't know how many times I've seen one team or heard of one of these teams upsetting the other when they were like top one of the top teams in the nation and they were fighting for a national championship. And then that be that ends up being their only loss and it somehow costs them the national championship. It's it's stupid yeah. and it's absurd how often it's happened. But anyone with a brain could I agree. Sorry, go. No, I agree. Yeah, anyone with brain could have said Georgia's going to win this one. And it's probably going to get ugly. <laughs> right. Right. No, I agree. 1,000%. Yeah. But talking about having that mindset of you got to come play us, Kansas had that freaking mindset against Oklahoma. They didn't care Oklahoma was undefeated in the sixth ranked team of the country. They said, you got to come play us. And by God, they won that football game 38-33. Yeah. Somehow. Lance Leipold, man. He is. There ain't no loyalty in this industry at all no. when it pertains to coaching. Um, he is going to be, I would argue, to say the top candidate. Him and Mike Elko will be the top candidates in coaching free agency in the coaching carousel this year. Um, I think the real question is, do one of them take the Michigan State job or is it such a bad job that they both say no? If honestly, if I'm them, I, I tell Michigan State, sorry, I ain't touching that job with a twenty foot pole. I'd rather I'd rather stay at Kansas or Duke than go to Michigan State. Yeah, because you're building something there. Yeah. And you don't have the same you know, bad uh history that Michigan's Michigan State's department does. If that Michigan yeah. job opens up, maybe you Different go to Michigan story. then. But depending on how bad the punishment is, depending, yeah, um, yeah, maybe USC if Lincoln Riley leaves. I think if Lincoln yeah. Riley leaves, uh, they need USC needs to go after Lance Leipold. Oh, absolutely, because you, you imagine it couldn't hurt the damage he could do there. A lot, a lot of damage. <laughs> Holy crap, Dylan Gabriel had an awful game. Oh, yeah. I mean, better on the ground. He's a better running back than quarterback this week. Hell, and the running back still ran for 146 yards. Yeah. Gabriel got most of the touchdowns, though. Yeah. Three on the ground. Good Lord. I mean, Kansas just stuck it out. Kansas was... They played tough. They played... Their defense really stepped up. Their offense did what they had to do to get the win, and mm -hmm. somehow still got the win with their quarterback throwing two interceptions. Yeah. Uh, J Jason Bean was um, 
wasn't exactly the best through the air. Like, when he connected through the air, they made it count. But uh, he was he was much better on the ground, I think. Yes. Much more dominant run game I this agree. week. Hmm? Much more dominant run game for Kansas oh, this yeah. week. Uh, they just, they punched them. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good game by Kansas. Like I said, I mean, they, they went in there with that mindset of you got to play us. You can't just, you know, we're not just going to lay over because we're Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they did good. They went in there to beat number six team in the nation, and now the Big 12 is up for grabs for anybody at this point. Yeah, and... and Especially I, with Quinn Ewers out at Texas. It's kind of a crapshoot now. Yeah, and... I, I agree on that, and I I would think they're probably out of contention for a playoff spot at this point. Sorry, no, it's all good. Uh, uh, I I think it would take a miracle for them to get into the playoff. One one of those teams to get into the playoff. Um, it it's just it was it was not a good game this week. <laughs> um, for for Oklahoma that is, and uh, sp- speaking of playoffs, you know, I-, I don't know when when this will be posted on YouTube. Um, hopefully sometime Tuesday morning, if not late Monday night, depending on once editing and all that stuff gets done. But uh, Tuesday night is going to be the first uh, CFP committee playoffs or uh, top 25. So I I want, I want to hear your top six and then I'll give you my top six. And I'm talking the, the, the four teams in the playoff and the first two out. <clears throat> I'll give you my top six and then I'll give you what I think the top six will actually be. Oh, um, I still got to give mine now. My top, my top six after this week should be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. Oh, who's five and six? Probably Washington at five, and Oregon at six. Okay, so Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida my top State. Six. What it's probably gonna be. Yeah, would be my top four. Mm-hmm. Um, what it's probably gonna be is probably gonna be either Michigan or Ohio State at one, and whichever one's not at one is gonna be at two. Georgia's gonna be at three, Florida State at four, mm-hmm. Washington at five, and somebody else at six. It's not gonna be Oregon. Okay. Uh, if I had to go with my top six right now. I would say <laughs> I would personally put Georgia at one solely be- and I know I I know Georgia fan putting Georgia at one. Uh they're still the champs. End of the day, they've not been beaten in a year and a half. So right. to be the man, you you gotta beat the man. Uh no one's beating them yet. They're still number one, especially with that win over Florida. I think that should solidify it. Um, I could see where someone puts Ohio State at number one, 
God forbid they do that, because then Kirby Smart's got all the propaganda in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can, but I can see where they put them number one because of their resume and all that. And because of that, I have them at number two. I would have, I'd say Florida State at three, and then at this point, Michigan at four. And I would put Florida State over Michigan. I'd put Florida State three, Michigan at four because Michigan's schedule has been so much easier than uh, it's been what we thought it has. Whereas, and before anyone says, oh, well, Georgia's schedule is super easy too. Kentucky became a ranked team. Granted, they're, they're not ranked anymore, but all of a sudden you're fixing to have to play a seven and one Mizzou, a what, one or two loss Ole Miss? Two loss Ole Miss. Two loss Ole Miss and a two loss Tennessee. As of this point, now granted, things could change. And a good Georgia Tech team, too. And an actually decent Georgia Tech team. Um, So, yeah. I'm comfortable in those four picks. And then I would have, at this point, with how they've played over the past two weeks, I get why Washington will be over Oregon in some spots. But I think Oregon should be five, Washington six. I can see that. I don't think it'll happen because Washington beat Oregon. Beat Oregon, but and Washington's still undefeated. Oregon's got that one loss. That's why I don't think the committee will do yeah. that. Um, obviously Oregon's played better, but that one loss to Washington is going to stop them from moving them any higher than Washington. I think. Agreed. But Agreed. Obviously, we'll find out tomorrow. And, and like I said, I I th- this is what I think. That does not mean that's what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Is what it is. It it. Well, yeah. I mean, you got any closing thoughts before we? Uh, peach and blackberries actually go pretty well together. Uh huh. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I'm I'm good. Uh, drink right. water, people. Lord, we will see you guys on Friday. Yep. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Any Given Day podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can find us under the name Any Given Day Podcast. Stay updated with our latest episodes and insights. And don't forget the next episode will be out Friday where we will preview some of the big games coming up this weekend. Until then, keep the spirit of the game alive. And remember, in this sport, anything can happen on any given day. See y'all on the next play.